It's four more days till Halloween, but the Irish have other plans. Welcome everyone to Rebooted! The podcast where we are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. Was that spooky? For, that was very spooky. <laughs> I liked it. I wasn't prepared <laughs> for it. You hated it. It's fine! <laughs> uh, so for this week... The week of Hallows, All Hallows Eve. We're going to start off with one of the craziest Halloween movies ever made. We're talking 1982's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, starring Tom Atkins, Stacey Nelkin, and Dan O'Hurley. Hurley. Oh, Hurley. Hurley. Oh, you did it right with the accent. I think if I did the Irish accent, I would have named Dan O'Hurley. Halloween. The Festival of Samhain. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red with the blood of animals and children. Sacrifices are part of our world, our craft. Witchcraft? To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. It's not so different now. It's time again. In the end, we don't decide these things, you know. The planets do. They're in alignment. And it's time again. The world's going to change tonight, Doctor. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it. Okay, guys. We gotta tell you a little secret about this movie. So, October 2nd, 2018. I believe this happened the day you said, Kenna, we can't, we can't do this movie. 2018, I suggested we do this as one of our Halloween episodes. The first year of our podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wa- we watched it. We, you, I, watched, we wa- you watched the movie and then you sent me all your notes because you said you'll never hear them otherwise. So I have saved all oh, of your you? notes. <laughs> Because I knew I would need them one day. And here we go. That's some forward thinking. So here we (laughs) go. I was not ready for that movie then. 2020 has completely broken me. I am like a kneaded ball of dough. And I am fully ready for this movie. And I still think that this movie is an absolute piece of shit. But... (laughs) What an oh-so-very-charming experience on my second mm-hmm. go-around. Yeah. I think every, every I, I think maybe, I don't know if it's I'm in a better mood or I'm in, in such a worse mood that this movie cheered me up. I think it's a testament to the power of film. I, I agree. <laughs> Fans of this podcast, while small, are strong in heart. They know that you are a Halloween super freak, right? Halloween is your favorite movie? Yes, Halloween is my favorite horror movie. Um, I like a few of the sequels for like the cheese factor, but Mm -hmm. this is like a whole other, whole other bag of candy, if you will. (laughs) At the end of Halloween 2, Michael Myers dies and it's not like Halloween 1 where it's left open, he is dead. And John Carpenter was like, what if we just made Halloween movies every year? We called them Halloween, and it was about different Halloween stories. And honestly, solid idea. Yeah. 
So this was the first one they made. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, how do we get Michael Myers back? And then <laughs> yes. 18 movies later, they were like, we did it. We did um, it. So I was just going to ask, though, like, the soundtrack to this movie, does it hold up to the original Halloween soundtrack, which is no. iconic? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I was going to yeah. ask, because this, this soundtrack felt more like a fire drill was happening every, like, 10 minutes. Well, I'll say this. There were some cool moments and moments where you were like, ooh, yeah, the little, like, synth. Cool, fun, but... I mean, so much of this movie is like, oh, I see what they were trying to do. Yeah. I... And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that, like, there were moments in this movie, and we'll get into it, but, like, there are moments in this movie where you're like, you want the movie to turn left to go down like what you think a normal horror movie will. And then instead they go right. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, why is this happening? Um, anyways, I'm fully ready to talk about this. It took me a while. You know what? People come of age in their own time, you know, but yeah. I'm fully on board with this movie and I'm ready to do it, but not quite yet. Because for those of you who are just joining us, I don't know why you'd be joining us on our very special Halloween episode, but welcome. I am Brian Flynn. With me, as always, is my co-host, Kenna Trent, where we pick a classic Hollywood movie and talk about it as if it was to be remade today in 2020. Um, you know the movie we're doing. It's an absolute banana shit show horror movie that has sort of become like a cult classic in its own right um, because of how ridiculous it is. Um, but before we do that, we got one little, one little thing of news that just blew my mind when I saw it. Um, that we got to get to before before a reboot, and that is Tyra Banks hits that hints that a Coyote Ugly reboot is in the works. This is from Entertainment Tonight Online, aka ET Online. That's, I just dated how old I am because I called it Entertainment Tonight. Entertainment Tonight on the web. Um, Twenty years later, and fans still can't fight the moonlight. What a great copy! Oh my God, who wrote this? Give them a fucking Nobel Prize. <laughs> Jackie Willis, come on down. Tyra Banks revealed on Wednesday's episode of The Kelly Clarkson Show that she was recently suppo supposed to have a call about making another Coyote Ugly. Did you guys get that? She was supposed to have a call about making another Coyote Ugly. Um, quote, yes, we are talking about trying to do Coyote Ugly 2 or a series. End quote. The Dancing with the Stars host shared. I don't know how much else we need to pick out of this. Coyote Ugly, which also starts Piper Peribo, Adam Garcia, Maria Bello, Bridget Moynihan, John Goodman, and Isabella Miko, gross an estimated $114 million with an M at the worldwide box office when it came out in Y2K. That's year 2000, everyone. Um, the film also for featured the, a cameo. For all the kitties out there. <laughs> yeah. The film also featured a cameo from Leanne Rimes, who sang the movie's hit song, Can't Fight the Moonlight which was a smash success. Yes. Great song. Um, you can try to resist, try to hide from my kids, but you know, but you know that What do we think about this? Have you seen Coyote Ugly in recent? Not recently. Because I was about to be like, oh my gosh, yeah. Like I remember Coyote Ugly being like a whole thing. And then I was like, you're right. I haven't seen it recently. I should not be that excited about it until I rewatch it. <laughs> because I remember I'm it being guess, pretty good. 
I'm going to guess it doesn't hold up, but who knows? It probably doesn't. I remember being good when I first watched it, but, oh, I have a really funny Coyote Ugly story, not the movie, but the bar chain that, like, inspired the movie. Yes. Uh, I got to get a lot of this right, but basically, it was last Comic-Con, and some of my friends were down there, and we were getting rip-roaring drunk. And the only bar we could, like, settle on, because everything's so packed at Comic-Con, usually, when, you know, people could go outside. Um, and so the only bar that was, like, empty was the Coyote Ugly. <laughs> so we went in there, and we waited forever to get, like, drinks. It was There was only, like, eight people in there. But, like, for some reason, this bartender, she could not get it. She could not move the line along. So we noticed that there was a touch tunes, you know, the touch tunes jukebox, yes. uh, which is you pay through the, through the app. So my buddy put on Barbra Streisand's, is it Bring Out the Clowns? <laughs> What's send that song? It, send in send the, out clowns? the Clowns. Send in the Clowns. Huh. And it is this very, very kind of grim, sad ballad. And it starts playing. It's a long song. It starts playing. And the owner of the bar, the manager of the bar comes out. And this is like a two-story bar. She comes out over like the balcony. And she goes, which one of you bastards put this on? <laughs> and my friend goes, not us, ma'am. We like rock and roll. <laughs> what, a sh- what a shame that nobody was going to this to this kitschy bar <laughs> so bad it's like here's the thing is coyote ugly supposed to be like hooters like in the because in the movie it's like they get on the bar they're doing dances they're pouring yeah. belly shots and it's like it's all these guys are like ah, bartenders <laughs> I, I need to send you this tiktok i saw a few weeks ago of this guy being like <laughs> I'm so straight. I need to go to a boob-themed restaurant just to eat. (laughs) That's what it's like. Yeah, the whole thing is sexy bartenders dancing on the bar. Sweet little innocent girl finds job there because she just wants to be a singer in the big city. And she can't make it. And there's a boy, right? Yeah. Somebody hired me to write this movie. <laughs> well, hold on a second, because this is what's this is what's interesting about this. If I could like oh my really analyze this article for a second. She's not saying that it's gonna be rebooted. She's saying that it's a sequel yeah. or a series. So it's a continuation of that original movie in some way. Like what? Like as much as I love Maria Bella, like I don't, I don't know if I don't know if these women. Uh, you I, have to give them a year to like stretch out to do this stuff again. Like this is well, no, like hard bar- acrobatic work. The bartenders, I think, would be different. Maybe it's someone like Tyra or the or Piper Perimo's character, like is still somehow involved in the bar. But I mean, there's different bartenders. I don't want Piper Perrybo anywhere near this bar because if she comes back and she's not a global sensation, it's so sad. I'm not saying either that I don't think that, because Tyra's still killing it. I'm not saying that she couldn't get up on the bar and be incredibly sexy. That's that's not what I'm saying. 
But I do think it does beg us to be like, what's the next generation? Like maybe Piper Perro was a hit maker and she comes back to like find talent and to bring women out of this place where they feel like they have to sell themselves to make, like that's something. That is something, but do you know what I think it's gonna be? I don't think it's gonna be that idea, which is good. I think it's gonna be like someone, like the coyotes closed. It's like abandoned. And some lady is gonna be like, you know what? We could spruce this up. No. And forget PC culture and get the coyotes back. And the bar is a hit. It's gonna be that drivel and it's just gonna be awful. Oh, yeah. It's not good, but it's something. Here's the thing. What are the chances that this actually happens? Uh, 40%? If someone just answers Tyra's call, maybe. (laughs) What Tyra means is she has a call in. And we're not saying that... (laughs) That she is slowly slipping down some executive's call list. You and I have both been on that <laughs> side of the assistant desk and their boss just being like, you got to get rid of this meeting for me. And then it's like seven <laughs> months later and they're like, fuck. All right. Make it a Tuesday breakfast. I got to get this thing over with. It's like seven months later and you're like, and then you have the call with Tyra tomorrow and they're like, what? And you're like, Yeah. I pushed it. It was like jury duty. I pushed it out as far as I could go. But you have to talk to this woman at some point. It's like all your shows are basically in post. You're you're about to go on vacation for like four weeks. This is the only window. Just get it, <laughs> get it done. And they're like, fuck, fine. And then they get lost on the way to the restaurant. That's happened to me before where someone was just like, I got lost on my way to Bob's Burgers. Or Bob's Big Boys, whatever it's called. <laughs> in Burbank? Yeah. Are you talking about Bob's Big Burger in Burbank? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we're losing it. Oh, we've never lost it this early in an episode. Okay, let's do this. Okay, all right. It's time to get back to the Halloween spirit. You ready to talk about this movie? I'm so ready. Are you ready? I'm, I'm sure shit. I'm finally ready. I've graduated okay. My mind has, has evolved. <laughs> Guys, this is a reboot of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. If it goes on, it means the death of millions of people, everyone watching. Don't you understand that? If, if, well, say it's a bomb. Then say, say whatever you want. Say whatever you like. Just get it off the air. Please, you just... No, no, I can't prove it. You've got to believe me. Believe me. Take it off the air now, please. You've got to. It means... Here's a Tuesday interruption. We're having technical problems. Please stand by. I love the three channels. See, that's the thing. You You couldn't have a quick fix to this scene anymore because he called one number and was just like take this commercial off of the three channels that you can access via cable television. And what year was this? 1980? 82. 82. And so one, one station goes down. The kid turns it because he's got to be part of the contest. Second station goes down. The third one he goes to, Tom Atkins is still like, take it off! <laughs> he's, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> he's like, hi, is this 1-800-TV channels? Turn off the channels. There's only three channels. Okay. <clears throat> let's, see what, let's see what 2018 Brian said about oh, boy. fact scene. You said, OMG, this ending. First off, he didn't tell the kids to take their masks off. Very good point. What a dick bag. Maybe a little much. <laughs> Second, there's only three channels and one number to call all three of them. And he knows the number? Question <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong. You said, fuck off. Fuck off with this movie. And that was the last thing you wrote. Okay, a little harsh, but I'm not wrong. Like, <laughs> we both know that that's ridiculous. There's a kid in front of him, maybe 10 feet in front of him, yeah. in front of the team. There's like two of them. And he's just like, oh, God. And he's not taking off the masks. He's just like. Yeah, he should have definitely. He's letting the kid change the channel. Like, nothing is going to stop this child from watching the the jack-o'-lantern turn him into a <laughs> turn him into a snake head <laughs> here's the thing though is like dr chalice uh really fucking hates kids so like from the get-go oh, yeah. we know he, that he hates his own kids he hates yeah. all kids he runs into in this movie he has two children and he could not possibly be bothered to love them he never called them by their names <laughs> he just He's just like, I got you these things. His poor wife, played by Nancy Keys, Halloween, Halloween legend. Uh Uh-huh. Totally, totally. Now I sound like PJ Souls, which is a great joke if you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. We have three new cheers to learn in the morning. The game is in the afternoon. I have to get my hair done at five, and the dance is at eight. I'll be totally wiped out. I don't think you have enough to do tomorrow. Totally. I won't even explain it. Go watch the original Halloween if you're curious. But she is, like, they make her, he makes her seem like she's so shrill and annoying. But it's really just this woman who's like, hey, yeah, remember, you have kids, and I'm your wife, and we're your family. (laughs) So, like, you can't just go to Santa Mira and where are you? That is straight up my favorite part of this movie. And I really want to save it for down the road when we talk about his character. But that is my favorite, favorite moment where he's like, I don't know. It's some, fuck it. We'll talk about it now. He gets on the phone. <laughs> he gets, she's asking him questions and he gets mad at her because he's lying. He's like, it's just a, why are he's like, so it's a convention. It? I don't know. Boring doctor stuff. Shut up. I don't know. It don't I don't know what hotel I'm gonna be at. How dare you be how, how married? Could I to know? Me? How dare we have children? Hang up the phone. And then the cherry on top is he hangs up and there's there's a a cool sixer of beer on top of the phone <laughs> and he just fucking Heisman's under his arm. He's like I'm ready to fucking solve this crime. He's like road trip. We are out of totally. town, baby. <laughs> All right, we have to start. We have to start from the <laughs> beginning here because we're going all over the map. Okay, so, uh, Halloween three season of the witch was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, director of such other classic horror movies as Fright Night two, and um, he did the It miniseries in the nineties, which is is sort of was the standard bearer standard bearer for the It franchise until uh, recent years. Um, it stars Tom Atkins as Dr. Daniel Chalice, Stacey Nelkin as Ellie Grimbridge, and Dan O'Hirlihy as Connell Cochran. I don't have a lot of fun facts, but one of my, because there's like so many facts about this fucking movie. 
but a novelization of the film was published in 1982 by science fiction writer Dennis Etchison under the pseudonym Jack Martin. Despite the film's critical failure, the book became a bestseller and was even reissued two years after the film's release in 1984. That is wild. That is wild. I want to read this book because now I'm like, honestly, I think if it is like, oh, it's just a better version of what this is, I'm into that. I know. know. That's what's so weird about this movie is that like, it has a banana premise, right? So the idea is that there's this Halloween mask company that is issuing masks all over the country. And much like television at the time, there was like one company and everyone had a mom and pop shop. And so they all had to order mat like the three Halloween masks you could buy at the store. And it's about, you know, this disappearance of this guy and his daughter and the doctor who, you know, treats the, treats the victim go to investigate this company that is essentially trying to murder everyone in some crazy blood ritual. Mm-hmm. All right. Far-fetched, but okay. Like you can roll with that. It's just more than that, though. The thing is, though, you say far-fetched, and then you remember the details of the movie, like the linchpin of this spell that they're casting on children exists because they stole a stone from Stonehenge, (laughs) (laughs) took it from England, brought it to California. Right. I mean... That's it. And then in his, like, and then in uh, Cochrane's, like, long uh, explanation, which we heard a little earlier, he just explains that he's doing this, why? Because he wants people to remember the origins of Halloween and how sacrificing children is the best joke you could ever play on someone. (laughs) It's so fucking crazy. I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm not even saying it's good, but it is something. (laughs) Here's what the film I think does well. And this is something that I I wasn't aware was a genre of horror until I saw Midsummer. but it's like, what is it called? Folk horror? Yeah. Really well. It's like the Wicker Man. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Yeah, it's like they go to the town and you... Mm -hmm suddenly realize they're never going to escape this town because mm-hmm. it's it's controlled by this one guy and his weird automatons. Sorry, we haven't gotten to this whole storyline that like the man, he's essentially like the Elon Musk of Halloween masks. Um, <laughs> has like created cyborgs, yes. like fully automated robots as like his workforce to not only per- mass produce these masks, um, but to like enforce the secret of the compound. Um, Oh my God. Okay. So I don't know exactly how to quote unquote upgrade this movie to 2020. And I can't tell if this movie should be forever left in 1982 or it should be resurrected in the new Halloween franchise as the default third installment. Like, so they're making Halloween. Was it Halloween? Halloween kills. Halloween kills. Mm-hmm. And then I think by default, they should remake this well, I think third movie. I think they're planning a trilogy of like, it'll be the new trilogy following the original Halloween. But I'm, I'm honestly behind this. 
but here's the thing. Part of me is like, it does need to kind of exist as a period piece. Like I, I just don't know. Technology makes this so complicated. So what if they just like remade this movie? And shot of- for shot. <laughs> <laughs> the exact same story. Different actors and that's it. I think you're right. I think you're spot on. <laughs> I think you're absolutely correct. But also, I do um, have a pitch for how to make this a little bit better, maybe. Is that how you cast it, or did you do... No, I cast it differently, mostly because um, the two main characters are recasting do enter into a sexual relationship, and one of them is significantly older than the other. And there's a part where they're in bed together, and Dr. Chalice is kind of like, how old are, the, how old are you? And Ellie says, don't worry. I'm older than I look, which is not a good answer to that question and does not indicate that she is in fact of any sort of legal age. So I did try to come up with a fix for that because I'm not saying that older men can't have relationships with younger women. That's not what I'm Mm -hmm. saying. What I'm saying about this particular relationship is that I did not like it. It was gross. Somehow the fact that they're asking us to believe that Tom Atkins is so undeniable i don't buy it but here we go if um if the people out there are asking tom atkins at the time i believe was 56 and stacy nelkin at the time was 23 i think tom atkins was supposed to be playing a 40 year old man and stacy nelkin was playing a 17 year old girl like oh boy um, I do want to hear your pitch, though. And I will, we'll come back to Dr. Chalice being the oldest man alive. But uh, oh, what you was your pitch? Just, well, I thought it might be better if Dr. Chalice and Ellie are two family people, single parents, live in this town. We still follow this thing that maybe, like, Ellie's dad dies, and she meets Dr. Chalice in the in the hospital, and she's just like, I think something fishy is going on. But we build a relationship with them off of the idea that they are, one, peers, and they appear to be peers. Yeah. And they are both loving family people. Like, I would like to know that Dr. Chalice loves his children, Ellie. <laughs> Ellie loves her children. They both have they both have a stake. They both have a stake in like, oh, my kids have these masks and I've left them with the babysitter while I go investigate a mystery. And <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. But I would rather see, I, I just, I want to like these characters more. And so I think I want a version of them that is like, and I did not cast like up and coming actors. These are established people. I think it's okay that they're like 40 somethings who are committed to like figuring out what's going on in this crazy town. And then ultimately, I think the ending, actually, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to defend the ending a little bit because sure, he should have taken the mask off of that one kid's head. But like, I like this sort of notion of like, did it work? Did a bunch of children just die? That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, those are big stakes. Yes. Okay. I, I like a movie that isn't afraid to kill children. <laughs> Let's keep talking. Force me to stop talking, Brian. <laughs> okay. 
Well, okay. <clears throat> with that in mind, I agree with you that like the age gap between these two characters has to change. And I honestly think that if Dr. Chalice wasn't so old compared to Ellie, this movie wouldn't be as ridiculous. But he wasn't. <laughs> uh-huh. He was not. And the blatant age difference between the two actors made me just lean into it more. I say pick the oldest actor in Hollywood and pair him with the youngest actress that is legally allowable <gasps> and start filming. Is Here's that some what you trivia. did? Oh, yeah. I kept the age difference. Exact- Weirdly, I picked an actor who was exactly Tom Atkins' age and an wow. actress who was exactly Stacey Nelkin's age. And I was like, okay. fuck yes. Here's some weird <laughs> trivia I pulled from IMDb. The second John Carpenter, this is the second John Carpenter produced film, the first being The Fog, where Tom Atkins plays a character who winds up having a sexual relationship with a much younger woman who makes the first move on him. What is happening? (laughs) This is a pattern. This is a pattern. Okay, here's the thing. It's been a minute since this has come up, but this is the problem with just allowing men to do whatever they want in movies. Like, when, and I, and here's the thing, R.I.P. Deborah Hill, I know she had very important contributions to make to this movie, but I also imagine that there were points where she was like, is this okay? And everybody was like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. No, it's fine. Like, this is it. And it's really just all the men making this movie who are like, no, no, this is totally normal. This is good. This is what we're going to do. Guys, let's just let, Let's just let women make some more movies and see what happens. <laughs> I mean, will, women have been crushing horror movies very recently, so I agree with you. But I, I don't know. I just was like, all right, we're going to do this ridiculous episode. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean into the ridiculousness of every choice this movie has made. Okay, because so now it's I, weirdly now precious to me. Now I have <laughs> to know who to me, you but... picked. Okay. <clears throat> I did consider for a little bit to use one of my cherished Oscar Isaac picks, which would have made an instant hit. An instant Whoa, hit, right? That would have been truly wild. Wouldn't have, but I didn't. Because okay. that would have made this movie make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not here to do that. Uh, fans of the original wouldn't want me to do that. <laughs> I don't know. Low key, I'm into it. High key, I'm into it. I'll say that. Okay, who did you pick? I picked Nick Cage. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! <laughs> I picked I picked Nicolas Cage I'm so scared right now <laughs> <laughs> why would I do that why would I do that I'm terrified that Nick Cage is gonna like pop up behind you right now <laughs> I'm just imagining him in every scene okay <clears throat> it Chalice makes sense has- <laughs> Chalice has ridiculous <laughs> Ridiculous moments, even some even beyond logical, <laughs> that really need an actor to captive that captivates you, completely blowing off his family for days. Like what the fuck? Drinking with a hobo? This guy has a scene where he drinks with a hobo. Oh, which also best actor in this movie, the drunk oh, guy. Totally. You happen to know anything about this Cochran? Cock. Do I know anything? He made Santa Maria what it is today. Dried up little pile of nothing. Let me tell you something, mister. He brought in every damn one of them factory people from the outside. You think huh. he'd hire me, local boy? No way. Turn me down flat. If you haven't got a dollar, you can spare it in. 
And who better to both captivate, confuse, and excite you than Nicolas Cage? That is it. That is it. This is the pick of the year, Brian. <laughs> oh, my God. This is truly insane, and I love it. <laughs> I'm, so, wow. I'm so happy because, like, suddenly, suddenly you're in. Like, if someone was like, hey, they're remaking <laughs> Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, and you're like, oh, God, really? Are they going to update it? Are they going to make it better? No. <laughs> exactly the same. Wait, why would they do that? That doesn't make any sense. Here's the Who's, thing, who would though. be in this movie? Nicolas Cage is going to be in this movie. You'd be like, take my money, take all of my money. I'm seeing this movie now, 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 now. It's also incredible because he's supposed to be a doctor. Um, yeah, no, I. It's wow. It's good. I'm concerned for whoever you cast as the woman, but you should be. I'll, I'll tell you my very vanilla pick that I made that I like for my mm -hmm. version of the movie, but also just pales in comparison. I picked for my Dr. Chalice, Patrick Wilson, which is purely because I watched The Conjuring this weekend. And I was like, this man is incredible. No, but that works. Like that makes sense in a movie that, sh that you want to make sense. Mm -hmm. He's a great actor. He fills that role of just like, you know... <sighs> He's he's good in horror movies. Like he he he's a I don't know why. The, did you see that tweet where someone was like, I think it was Patrick Wilson, where they're like, look at this motherfucker being in twenty movies and never being famous, and he just retweeted being like, oh, you spoiled my plan. Was that Patrick Wilson? <laughs> was that? That's funny. Could have been. It's so it's so true. Like I was I was watching The Conjuring and complimenting how good he is and how great he looks in period clothing, and I was just like, yeah, like. James Wan is onto something. He really knows the power of Patrick Wilson, and I don't think anybody else does. No, he, 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 this, is, this is a very good pick. It's not even a safe pick. It's a good pick. Like, you see it. Family man concerned about, like, something happening in the neighborhood, big conspiracy. That makes sense. And he's age appropriate. Yeah. So good job. Thank you. Um. <clears throat> Uh, should we move on to Ellie Grimbridge, played by Stacey Nelkin? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, first of all, her name is Ellie Grimbridge. Sure. Why not? Why not? Um, I, I'm just going to tell you who I picked because I want to get to who you picked. I'm so fascinated <laughs> by this. First of all, okay, well, well, hold on. My first pick is really the big blowout pick. I don't think it's going to be any wilder than that, but okay. Who did you pick? I picked Lena Headey. And oh, I liked, yeah. and I liked her as a sort of like, comp uh, I think she could play something a little more like alternative, a little like rough around the edges compared to Patrick Wilson, but in in their journey to save their children and all children, I think would complement each other really well. I think that is again, this makes sense. Like all the gears mm -hmm. are clicking in place where you're like, mm -hmm. it's these two concerned single parents. That all the the only thing on their mind is the welfare of their kids. We have to go up to this like crazy Halloween mask store. That makes perfect sense. Um, and again, they're age appropriate. And I like that because it's like this version of Ellie though is like she's not stupid because she's like putting all the clues together. But then suddenly, as soon as they get to the motel, all she wants to do 
is go to bone town and you're like what is happening like your dad is dead you just found out that he's been like mentally manipulated and nothing seems to add up you're on the cusp of like the biggest conspiracy the world has ever seen and all you want to do is like have sex with this old drunk doctor like it's so so weird and so <laughs> bananas um talk about male gaze <laughs> <laughs> Truly, like to to imagine that this young woman who is mourning her father literally forgets all the cares in the world when she is alone in a room with this man. I saw Cochran, his car anyway. And your old man stayed here on the 20th. I was right. We'll go directly to the factory. We'll Whoa, find out hold exactly on, slow down, slow down. It's getting late. I could use a drink. Let's take our time. It's okay with you? To stay, I mean. Uh, yeah, I think these... Uh... Clothes could probably hold out for at least one more day. Maybe I ought to get another room. That would look sort of suspicious, wouldn't it? What I mean is, if you'd uh, feel more comfortable, uh, I could sleep in the car. Be better in this floor, anyway. Where do you want to sleep, Dr. Chalice? That's a dumb question, Miss Grimpage. Why? Uh? Why? Why is it a dumb question to be like, I don't know, what do you want to do? It's so cringy. It's so cringy. Um, anyways, again, I want, okay, so my Ellie, I wanted a, a really talented actress who could also push the limit of how young a love interest we could give Chalice. Because that's what really matters here, right? Is the creep mm -hmm. factor between yeah. these two people that we have to watch for two hours. Mm -hmm. um, I went with Odea Rush who seems to be in, like, almost every Netflix movie, like, on planet yeah. Earth. I like her a lot, though. Like, she's it's good. interesting that she's playing sort of, like, best friend or, like, second lead characters, because I think she's really good. But, okay, interesting. This movie... Um, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Uh. She seems to really, like, be in every movie that's under $20 million. So I feel like this is, like, the perfect spot for her, right? Like, uh -huh. um, my only note, I'm going down my list, is can you explain why Ellie just suddenly wants to fuck Chalice? <laughs> like, that's the only note. Can uh, I let, oh, here's, explain it? No. Here's the other thing. And you, if you, you know if robot Ellie, spoiler alert, she gets sort of Westworlded mm -hmm. into, like, the robot cult. If she didn't attack Chalice... He would have had sex with that robot. Oh, 100%. he would have. He would have found out that she only has robot parts, and he would have had sex with the robot. And he I would mean, never have, never had looked for her. <laughs> he just would have been like, "Oh well, this is what I have now." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "It's almost better." She doesn't talk. She yeah. doesn't complain about my drinking. I don't have to deal with my kids anymore. This guy sucks. Chalice is the worst. It's the worst. The actual worst. It's the actual worst. What do you actually, what do you think happened to Ellie? Do you think she's dead? Do you think she escaped? See, that's a good question because from what we hear from Cochrane, I assumed that the automatons were like new creations, but they make it seem like they somehow used her body to make one in a oh. way that I was like, I don't think I understand the logic behind that because that just, I guess it, it confirms the idea that he didn't just create them, that he took actual humans and turned them into robots? Okay, yep, okay, so that, okay, there's a couple things there because <clears throat> they don't all look the same. 
So he's either smart to be like, I can't make robots that look identical to each other or else people will know. But then there's also like that old lady in the sewing room in the factory that you're like, is this his wife? Is this his mother? Like, who is this? That is such a good scene. That is such a good scene. Where's the girl? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. But like, so like logically that kind of tracks where it's like, oh, he just took like cadavers, pulled out everything and put like this robot but that's not how skin works. Frame. The surprising thing is that the internal components were quite simple to produce, really. The outer features took much longer to perfect. But then, of course, in the end, it's just another form of mask making. Bless you. Convincing, aren't they? Loyal and obedient, unlike most human beings. And it's also like the time frame doesn't make sense because she was kidnapped 10 hours prior? Like, how, where does he have the time to do a blood ceremony and completely replace her bones? With a... <laughs> <laughs> he just, and that's the point. He does not have the time. He's so, he just, uh, this man so is busy. too busy. <laughs> There's not enough help. Here's another thing I kept thinking when they go through that tour of the factory. There's all these other employees that are also robots, but they're not around at night. So does he give them the time off? They go home to their families, I assume. (laughs) They follow union rules. No one in Santa Mira is real. Right? I don't think so. I think the... The homeless guy is the only one, right? I, I, maybe there's maybe there's like the Westworld room where they send all the the ones that are not being used, and there's just oh. a bunch of like they're all just like standing there. That's interesting. Un- yeah, that unactivated. Oh my god! Ooh. This movie's great. Okay, <laughs> should we move on, or is there more? I mean, there's so much more to this movie, but I think we should move on to our. <laughs> we cast. have to keep going. Yes. Let's move on to Connell Cochran, played by Dan O'Herlihy. Uh, we talked about his plan, which mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. No. Uh, let's talk about the masks, which also don't make sense. So there's a chip in the mask. There's like a little button that's a silver shamrock in the back mm-hmm. that has a chip in it, but also one of the highest powered laser beams man has ever seen. It's like a light lightsaber just shoots out from the back of the mask. But then yeah. does it shoot a laser in your brain or does it put bugs into your face solid quest solid questioning right here because from what we see it can shoot a laser because it shoots what's her face in the hotel that's a great scene that's like the best horror scene in this whole movie she gets zippity zapped and then a bug starts crawling out of her mouth so maybe both because then you don't see any zapping when the kid has it on his head it just literally turns into bugs and snakes and they're not the same bugs, which is really strange. Also, and then sometimes there's snakes. That snake was massive. <laughs> I didn't like it. That scared me. I had to look away because I was like, this is too much snake action. I'm going to have <laughs> I'm sort of wondering, is it like, because there's all this magic hickory do, as we'll call it, like, is it some like wormhole thing where it, like it opens like a wormhole to hell and all of these like creatures pour out like well, like in like, the fog a, that's what the fog is right it's like it's another dimension of creatures and they kind yeah. of appear 
the it's like a it's a pagan ritual right yeah but like so i don't know what that has to do with the bugs and snakes or even zapping or even why you have to do it to kids when he's literally like i love jokes i was like huh what is this (laughs) What does this have to do with Sawain or whatever? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. This is, this is why, here's the thing. This is why we have to buy the novelization. I think, I think we do have to read this book. Yeah. I'm going to look it up on Amazon right now. What was it called? Just, oh my it. gosh. You can buy it on Amazon in paperback for $102. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! What? Yes. Oh my lord. Okay, so this was a little bit of fan casting for me because I you don't really need to hide the football with Cochrane. Like the dude is evil, you know he's evil. Mm-hmm. So why not just cast an actor who can like chew up scenery? Uh Okay. I picked Ian McDermott from the Star Wars franchise, but he's also in like The Lost City of Z, he's in Sleepy Hollow. He plays Emperor Palpatine in Star Wars. So oh. it's um, he's like a classically trained British actor. He has experience controlling an army of robotic clones. Hey, oh, that's a Star Wars joke. And I think that would be fun to see, like, to have like fans of both Nicolas Cage and Star Wars to kind of be like, holy shit, like they're going to have like fucking scenes together. I just, it was a little more stunt casting because like, you know, he's bad. Like, the whole thing is like, who is the leader of this crazy yeah. cult business? So why, like, you don't need to hire, like, I don't know why she popped in my head, but you don't need to hire Allison Janney and be like, do you think she's evil? Like, right. we don't need that. We just, it's no. like, just get Agreed. to the bad guy. Okay. Yeah. No, I definitely get what you're saying. Like, there's no, there's no hiding it. There's no need to hide it behind some facade. Let's just get to why he's doing what he's doing. Because at this point... We want to know what's going on and, like, how do we stop it? Yeah. Which, ultimately, the answer, it turns out, is to drop a bunch of the little chips from the sky (laughs) and have them laser beam the whole warehouse and then run away from the warehouse where you go to a local gas station and call a number into a TV station. (laughs) My favorite part of that scene is at the gas station is the gas attendant's like, I know you. <laughs> He's like, oh, wait a this minute. Gas this gas station attendant is like, huh, maybe I should move. Um, okay, yeah, no, very evil looking guy. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say. When you're famous for playing a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually really proud of my pick because I think it would be very, I think he would be very... Um, he would be very suave on the surface and I think be able to like charm people, but then also have a little like evil undertones. I picked Sam Neill. That's fucking cool. That's cool. I love Sam Neill, man. Me too. Uh, that's a good choice. That makes me feel like I just, after Nicolas Cage, I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. And I didn't consider these things. Like, to- <laughs> to be honest, I imagine that that took a lot out of you, and that's okay. Wait, wasn't Sam Neill in one of the um, uh, the Omen movies? Doesn't he play a grown-up Damien? Yes. That's something I got to watch this weekend. The Omen? That's cool. Yeah. Like the, the, the one Omen with Sam Neill. 
Um, I think that's an excellent pick. Like, that's a fucking cool pick. I think it works. I can see him making definitely a, works. a much more compelling... Because, let's be honest, he's giving his whole spiel, and it's not, like, good. <laughs> Sorry to Dan yeah. O'Hurley. Trade secrets. He's always like, oh, trade secrets. It's like, for trade what? Trade secrets a mask? of... <laughs> And then they're like, what are the finishing touches? He's like, oh, dangerous, dangerous chemicals. Can't go anywhere near them. And I'm like, but people are putting those on their fucking faces. You're selling them to children. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, That's a great pick. I feel like Nicolas Cage and Sam Neill Mm. would be the rocket ship that this fucking movie is. That would be truly wild. Okay. Um... Should we move on to Barry Pepper? Let's do it. I feel, you know, it's the thing though is, is like, now that we're here, I don't want to leave Halloween 3. Like, I've, I've become accustomed to talking about this movie. Let's too talk much. about it for the next three years. <laughs> All right, guys, where does Barry Pepper go? A uh, couple of different places you could put him. I made him Harry Grimbridge. I made him Ellie's dad. Mm, solid choice. I went with Buddy Kupfer, who is the, Winne- oh. the Winnebago dad. Yeah. The, the biggest salesman Silver Shamrock ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that as soon as they step out of that Winnebago, you're like, these, all three of these people are dying. Everyone at that motel is dying. Which is interesting because we don't see them die, right? We just see their child die. Yeah, it's sort of like you, they're just like left in the room to like deal with the bugs. Do the that's bugs actually, kill you? That's actually a really great scene because his wife is so like, this is so cheap. All these people are, what are we doing here? And then her son's face is melting in front of her. I liked that. I know, it was pretty funny. And the, he just kept being like, oh, Mr. Cochran will be here to solve all of this. Just we got to wait for Mr. Cochran. It's like, bro, you're being led into a dungeon it's like there's it's a windowless room (laughs) yes uh hard pass um i think that's a good pick who would be his wife that's another interesting question Mm. i'm sure you haven't prepared that but like you know who the actually you know who the um the woman who played his wife reminded me of is the woman who played martha on the americans allison wright oh yeah 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 she looked a little bit like her and I, she looked uh, I a think lot she, like her. I think she could do it too. Yeah, that's pretty funny. She looks. I don't know why she looks familiar to me. Oh, Castle Rock. That's probably where I've seen her. Um, what other notes do you have? Okay, I have this note. Did Jamie Lee was Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie or not? Because like yes. IMDb was like she's in this movie. Actually, she's not in this movie. Actually, she, did you know she is in this movie? It's clearly her. Wait, yes, she's the voice. Yeah. It, on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's in this movie. Okay. This is going to get cut, but this is another piece of trivia I liked. Season of the Witch was the original working title of Martin Scorsese's Mean Streets in 1973. Season of the Witch is also the name of a song by Donovan and the name of a George A. Romero film, Season of the Witch, 1972. Also the name of a Nicolas Cage movie, Season of the Witch. Nick! Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! I don't have anything else. I, I mean, there's so much trash in this movie mm-hmm. um i loved how the the automatons when they kill you they pop your head off like pretty cleanly they just 
Yeah, you it's your just head. sort of. Oh God, what else is there? Let me see, let me go through let me go through your notes. What did you have to say back in the day? Mm. There's more. Oh, there's lots. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> At one point, you put I don't know anyone's names. Fair. Um, this sex scene is gross. Fair. Why doesn't, here's one, why doesn't he call the police? He makes the assistant coroner do all the investigative work. Yeah, there's like a woman who is doing, who is doing like crime scene investigation, but that goes nowhere. And then she just dies. Yeah. Um, wait. <laughs> At one point you wrote, where's the goddamn witch? You mean... <laughs> The movie's called Season of the Witch, and in the middle of the movie, you got upset because you didn't know where the witch was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so yeah, if you're promised the Wolfman, you want to see the Wolfman, right? But I think it's it's witch on a like they're using witchcraft. Mm. <clears throat> I'm not saying it's good. But I'm so it, happy I sent you all of these. Like, thank God I sent you all of these. This is so great. You also wrote, no one has the right emotion ever. Also fair. They really, no one's afraid in this movie. And when they're afraid, they're alone and safe. It's really strange. Like, Ellie and, and Chalice are afraid when they're in the motel. But as soon as they go mm -hmm. into the, like, factory, they're like, yeah, we'll take a tour. <laughs> like... Yes, because legitimately, um, Dr. Chalice is kind of like, no, we're not going to take a tour. And Ellie's just kind of like, come on, it'll be fun. And I was like, like <laughs> do you not know what you're walking into? You kind of do. Like, okay, so like an underlying storyline is like Chalice is like a hard alcoholic. So he has to run out and buy booze because he can't like function without alcohol. And he gets stopped in the middle of like an empty trailer park by like, the sketchiest homeless guy. He's like, I don't have diseases. Can I get a drink? And he's like, eh, yeah. You seem okay. like a good guy. But then like every time else is just not scary. Like when he's watching the kids like head implode, he's just like this stoic, like, ugh, this can't be happening. Even when he's tied up in that room, he's just, he just, he's just not, he's yeah. not scared. He's, not he's like, this it. is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. All right, what else? Is there more, or is that the, all the genius is, that was left? I think this is a good one to end on. You said, if all other movies didn't exist, this would be the best movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why you wrote that, but... <laughs> I think I'm implying that this is the worst movie ever made, which it is now not. It's certainly not. So mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. unequivocally take that rank off of it. Man. I think this movie is definitely worth a watch. I'm sorry. Like, to pass Brian, I, I remember the pain that I was in watching it, but I had such a better time watching it this time around. So, so there you go. Uh, last thing, would you remake this movie? Realistically, no. But I do think in an insane world in which... We just maybe for fun one time we're like, let's remake this movie shot for shot, just with different people. Yes. See, yes. I agree with you, but for different reasons. I think we should make this movie exactly how I cast it, frame by frame.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be a treasure for all mankind. Um, okay, is that it? I think that's it. I think it is. I think it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining us this episode on The Boot. If you like this episode, please check out our next episode as we sort of cruise into the end of 2020. I think we only have like four or five movies left to go. That's pretty That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, check out our past episodes. We have so many of your favorite films that we've talked about, so check those out. My brother particularly loved our Captain Ron episode and was like sharing it with everyone he fucking knew well so i mean if, that really was special for you guys because <laughs> i think that was really just a flynn boys thing uh <laughs> flynn boys sounds too close to proud boys let's we'll come up with a a new flynn brothers there, there you go yes um, there we go. uh tell your friends and family about us kind of where can the people find us you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. It's the best way to help us out. You can also find us now on Kofi, where you can go to make a very small donation to help us keep making this fine podcast. That link is in our description and all over Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us on social media at RebootedPod on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow. Don't be shy. <laughs> I love no it. One, no one can see us. No one can see us. <laughs> Uh, okay, guys. Uh, I guess we'll see you next time. Yeah. How many days to Halloween? Eight four days to Halloween. 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 Eight four days to Halloween. Super shock. Eight four days to Halloween. 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 Eight four days to Halloween. Super shock. Oh no! Not the bees! Not the bees!